Welcome to the Teaching Journeys podcast with Dave Roberts. A unique skill all humans have is the ability to share information across generations. And the Teaching Journeys podcast does just that. It creates learning opportunities with each amazing guest with a goal that each episode makes a positive impact on people worldwide. Before we hear from today's guest, please share this podcast with your family, friends, and colleagues, and don't forget to leave a rating, review, or both. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Dave Roberts, and today it is my pleasure and privilege to have as my guest, Sam Castle, all the way from Modesto, California. And I'm in upstate New York, so Modesto, California, Sam's a long way from me. But we're going to get right into it. We're going to get right into it. We're going to get started. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, and the event or events that have really contributed to the path that you're on now and to your current passions. Like you stated, I'm Sam Castle, all the way from originally born in East Oakland, uh, but moved to the Central Valley for work around 2017. I'm currently a life coach working on building a successful coaching business, you doing coaching on a mission to put an end to suicide in the queer community um, based all off of my experience and the need for people to have support, know that they're loved and worthy. So what brought me to this journey, again, was my own experiences, not having support, not having the foundation to explore and express who I was or am. I would say 2017 really changed the trajectory of my life. It was the second time I had been arrested and gone to jail for domestic violence. I was a pretty angry person, angry at the world, angry at my past, angry at my parents, just angry uh, just about the way that my life was going. And so after that incident, my current wife and I, we decided to go back to therapy. Um, This was before we got married. We went to therapy um, individually and together. Uh, to work around our relationship as well as our past traumas. Um, And then in 2018 is when I ultimately made the decision that I was going to choose me and my happiness. And so that's when I started my journey for uh, gender trans on gender to gender transitioning from female to male. I had lived my life as a female uh, since birth, uh, but I knew at a very young age around six that I always felt and identified as a boy. I just didn't have the language or the tools or, like I said, the support to help me navigate through that part of my life. So a lot of that time was spent figuring out who I was, you know, through relationships, searching for love, uh, getting into the wrong situations, just creating chaos in my life. But now that I understand and I know more about trauma and how that played a role in my life, I knew a lot of the ways that I was showing up was through trauma responses. Not saying that that's an excuse, but I was able to identify those things and slowly make the changes, which is why I'm ultimately where I'm at today. And, you know, Sam, I don't think there's any excuses. I mean, trauma is trauma, and you experience that for the majority of your life. And until you, you have the courage to make the decision to embrace your own authenticity. Yes. And trauma can come in a variety of different packages. Um. 
What was the ultimate decision? Why 2018? Why did you pick that time to say, I am going to embrace my true authenticity. I am going to transition from female into to male. I was feeling depressed. Like, since the time that I came out, to my, I came out to my mom as lesbian first at 18. And I was just met with so much resistance. You know, I, I remember it as it was today. You know, she said, I'm not going to let your soul go to hell. I was raised in a Christian household. So that was the type of support I was met with. And so, like I said, the majority of my journey, I just, I just felt lost and unsupported. And I know how much of a lonely time that was, like in trying to figure out who I was. And I just didn't want to go down that route anymore. And like I said, I chose my, my mental sanity and my happiness. And at first I thought, you know, it was too late because when I transitioned, I was 36 years old. But the background to that, I had actually started researching when I was around 24, 25. I lived in San Francisco at the time, so I had access to a lot of resources. And this was when I was with my first partner at the time. Uh, she identified as lesbian and she wasn't very supportive in the idea of me transitioning. So that was a barrier for me that came up. I was choosing that relationship over my happiness and transitioning. So that was a barrier. And then during that time, a lot of procedures uh, required out-of-pocket expenses and I just didn't have that kind of money. So that was another, that was another barrier. And I just pretty much had given up. I threw my hands up and was like, you know what, forget it. I'll just continue to do what I've been doing. Little than I know, I was already socially identifying as male. I went by Sam at a very young age. I was dressing the part. I was binding down my breasts because I hated my breasts. So I was doing all of those things before the language even evolved. Um, and like I said, I had access to the resources. I was seeing a therapist back in 2000, or I want to say 10, 10-ish. Um, I was meeting with doctors to provide me with the support that I needed to start my first procedure. But again, I was met with hurdles, especially financially. I didn't have that kind of money at that age. So fast forward, 2015, I got hired with an organization that actually uh, allows me to pay for my procedures. So it was almost like the dots were just connecting. It just wasn't the right time back then. And so in 2018, the opportunity presented itself. I had the means to move forward and I made the decision. I chose, I chose my happiness over anything else. And one of the things I've, I've learned is that when you want something, I'm going to paraphrase something from Don Miguel Ruiz, I think from the book, The Alchemist, is when yeah. you want something bad enough, the universe yeah. is going to conspire to help you get yeah. it. And it sounds like in 2010, you were preparing for that process through therapy, through looking at all of your options. And in 2018, I look at the time frame, the number eight, which symbolically is a symbol of infinity, which is yeah. power and eternal life. And this and is it, my, I have infinity here on my shirt. Hey, we're going to be talking more about, you know, be you, do you too. That's another thing I want to find out more about. But I think it's great that you've embraced who you are. Um, one of the things I did want to ask, especially for our listeners who are not familiar with gender transition, 
Can you tell us what that process of gender transition entails? Okay, well, every person's journey is different. So no one's journey looks the same. I'm just going to put that out first and foremost. Um, so when I was growing up, it was female to male, male to male to female transition. You were either going to transition from one to the other. Um, like I said, as, as language evolved, as science has evolved, as medical technology has evolved, things have changed. But for me, I always wanted to present it as a male. Features and all. The facial hair, the, the body feature, like everything. So for me, it started out with, I look at it as top to bottom. Top to bottom, that's where you start. So for me, it was having top surgery, which was the removal of both of my breasts, to have a masculine featured chest. So now my chest looks like that of an actual male. The next step is bottom. But in between, I also started hormonal treatment. Hormonal treatment is the medication testosterone, which helps me so deepens the voice, the facial hair, the body changes. Um, again, helping me present more like who I've always felt to be, a man. Uh, the next step is bottom surgery, which I plan on having. That's, that's the next step. So for me, that's the full completion for me. Female to male. That's, that's what I envision for myself. But I understand being transgender looks different for everyone. So... I not only medically, I'm not only in the process of medically transitioning, but I also social transition, which I changed my name, which was pretty easy. My birth name was Samantha. Now it's Sam or it's Samuel, but I go by Sam. Um, I've changed my driver's license. So now I have the gender marker male on my driver's license. I went through all the court process to do that. So driver's license, birth certificate, and even my social security number has my new identity on it. Wow, that, that is quite a process. Now, the other question, and I had read about this or heard about this, were you required to undergo any type of psychological or psychiatric testing before you were allowed the process of, of transitioning? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it's like for other states, but I know in the state of California and for me personally, I had to see a therapist. Like I said, I started therapy treatment in 2010, and this expanded on until I got, until I had my first uh, procedure. So when I had my first procedure in 2018, um, the organization that I had, the I'll just say Kaiser Permanente, um, they created a, what you call a gender pathways department in 2013, which is where they provide all of the, the gender affirming treatments for the transgender community, whether you want a tr social transition or medically transition. All of that is under that, that umbrella. Um, so I got connected with Gender Pathways, which consisted of a psychiatrist, a therapist, um, an entire treatment team, um, an endocrinologist who manages my testosterone. I have a team of doctors. I have a team till, till, till this day um, that monitors my blood work, my hormone levels, everything. So you're not just thrown out there to the wolves. Um, they can't just start cutting on you. They can't just start giving you medication. So whatever you hear in the media is not accurate. So I highly encourage people to do their research and educate themselves 
because I feel like the media is doing more harm than, than good. Yeah, I think one of the things, and I've said this, it was just a private conversation, the process of critical thinking is something yeah. that is, is not consistently done in this society anymore. Right. We tend to take things that many people tend to take things at face value. And I encourage my students that I teach at Utica University and Pratt School of Art to, to really question everything. Don't take anything at face value. Do your own research. Weigh out on every possible source of information. Check with individuals who have considered a particular path that you're taking and then make your decision. And, and I'm glad you said that because not everything that we read about in the news, not everything that we hear about in the news is accurate. And we need to really be able to empower ourselves to make our own choices about what is right for us and do the research and engage in the process of critical thinking in the, pro you know, in the process. I, I definitely agree with that. Critical thinking is a huge part of it, but we're so quick to judge other people and their experiences because it's not ours. Um, but I also would encourage, you know, take the time out to ask questions too. You know, I'm always open to answer questions uh, respectfully. Um, but preference, it, it's also individual preference too. Like for me, I, I don't think any individual should be able to do any type of procedure until they're 18 and understand, you know, the risk and benefits, because there are some risk and benefits that, that encompass this entire, you know, transition in this journey. And Sam, I'm glad you said that because one of the questions I was going to ask is that, is there an age that a person yeah. should consider doing that? And one of the things from growing up, you know, children go through a variety of different developmental stages. And one of the one of the issues that developmentally is identity. So I think before you make a diagnosis of somebody that has gender dysphoria or you allow them to engage in the process of gender transitioning, they need to hit that age of 18 where they have gone through the majority of their develop their, their developmental cycles and have now reached adulthood. And I, I'm glad yeah. you said that because I'm I'm a firm believer that that decision should be delayed at least until they're 18. So Oh, absolutely. Because we're, even if you're not transitioning, we're constantly changing. Like we change day by day. So we change our minds in a quick second. That's why I'm, I'm grateful that um, my journey happened the way it did. Because like I said, I didn't have my first surgery till I was 36. So I had already gone through the developmental stages to know exactly what, I, what it is that I wanted. And the other thing that you said, it's our job to understand and not to judge. Um, Correct. I, I can't identify with your experience. I haven't walked in your shoes, but I can, I can strive to understand it and understand the process, understand that, you know, what you went through and how, how you, you came to the decision to, to, to transition from female to male. And I think if yeah. we could do a lot more witnessing, and I think we've talked about this off camera, if we could do a lot more witnessing of each other's journey and not judge whose journey is right or wrong, but simply learn from that, understand it, and respect it, I think the world would be a better place. Yeah, you, you said the right word. It's It comes down to respect. Like, you don't have to agree or understand, but you're going to respect me. Yeah. I mean, that's not asking for too much. And there's a quote that stands out, I think it's from Audre Lorde. Like, you don't have to have lived my experience to fight alongside me. You don't at all. Well, we can just be a compassionate witness to the journey. Yes. 
yeah. be, be present for each other's stories and learn from each other's stories. Yeah. And that's what I've learned throughout my journey because, you know, I, I, I had, as we can all admit, you know, we've, we've judged, like I've judged, I've been biased, but through my own healing journey, that's where I've been able to develop more compassion for everyone and their experiences and being able to honor those people in their experiences instead of judging, because I don't, I don't know the path that they walk to get where they're at now. Yeah. I mean, I've been in a position like you, I've had biases, I've judged yeah. You know, before I had all the information, but we're human. And as long as we can look at, look at it, reevaluate and say, yeah, I was wrong, or I need to look at this again. That's what it's about. It's right. about being human, but also owning our mistakes and owning our transgressions, so to speak. So yeah. What are some considerations, both practical and otherwise that a person needs to make about the process of gender transition? Well, first and foremost, I would say, get to know who you are. Um, know why you're transitioning. Because if you go in it with the expectation that I'm doing this to please other people, I'm doing this to seek validation and acceptance from the world, you're going to be miserable. You have to go in this knowing that this is what's best for you and your life and your happiness. And I'm saying that because... I spent a huge part of my life worrying about how my family was going to receive me, what they were going to say. Was I going to lose my friends? Was I going to lose my family? Um, and that was a huge part of what held me back. I held, my, I held myself back because I was so worried about the opinions of other people. So before you make the decision, you have to be ready to give up the opinions of other people. You have to be ready to deal with people may not accept you. You may lose some people. But why are you really, why are you doing it? It has to be that you're doing it for you. And once you figure that out, I would say get connected to a therapist to make sure that your mental health is intact because it's not just about physical changes. It's also about, it's also psychologically. So you want to make sure you're connected with a therapist, um, a knowledgeable mental uh, health treatment team, someone who's inclusive and supportive of gender affirming, where you can actually voice your concerns. I would also say be a huge advocate for yourself. Know, that you, know what you want and what you want your gender transition to look like. Also consider your, your finances, um, because I don't know, I don't think everyone has the same access. Uh, you know, to medical treatment. Um, I know for the stories that I've heard, some people have had to go out of state or had to pay out of pocket, take out loans. Um, so know what it looks financially. You know, for me, like I said, I feel like my age and the time, the time actually helped in my benefit because I'm more stable than I was back then. Make sure you have someone that's there to take care of you. Because these procedures, to heal it, it can take anywhere from four to six weeks, six to eight, eight weeks. It's, it's, a long, it's a long time. So, so make sure you have your ducks in a row before you make the first step. But make sure it's ultimately you're doing it for you and no one else. Yeah, because the minute you start doing things for other people, you lose you. And that's something that um, we should not have to compromise who we are to please others. Not at all. Who we are 
we're all beautiful. We all we were born with uh, we we're born with love. We should not have to earn that love from anybody. And I'm one of the things that you mentioned is that when you undergo a radical life change, such as a gender transition, or even you know if you look at experiencing life-altering loss, relationships are going to change. The people that were there for you prior to the, to the event are not going to be there. But it's the people who step up that will surprise you, but that will empower you, and that will support and support you. And I tell individuals, and I'm sure you probably do something similar in your coaching, things are going to change. Not everybody is going to be down with the changes that you're making, and not everybody is going to be there during those transitions. But it's the people that are there for you that you need to focus on, not who isn't there. Yeah. And that's been my life experience. Like, I am so grateful for the people who have stepped up. And like you said, it was people that I didn't, that I wouldn't even imagine. So prior, after the 2017 incident where my now wife, we both made the decision to start our healing journey for both of us. That following year, we got connected with a church community. And out of that, I've built a great relationship with the pastor. Here it is, a straight black man who has loved me from day one, who, who sees past the identity. He, he loved, like he comes from a place of love. That's what matters. And I've connected with so many other people, my chosen family. And even let's just take the, tra the transition out of it. This is what anything in your life, anytime you make a choice to change or be better, you might, you may lose people that were there. This is with anything. New, new levels, sometimes people aren't meant to go with, go with you. And that's what I've learned too. Doesn't mean that you love them any less. Yeah. Just, just is what it is. Yeah, they, they just don't align with the path that you're walking now. And, yeah. you know, that's okay. You know, as long as they're not judging you for the path that you're walking, they can walk whatever path they choose to walk. But they can always come back and walk that path with you. They can, yeah. They can always yeah. come. They can always come back. They are always welcome to come back. And I also like to add that um, don't be don't be so concerned with the people that aren't in your life, but celebrate the ones who are. You know, yeah, yeah a little gratitude goes a long way. It does. It absolutely does. Show the ones who are showing up in your life appreciation. And it's sometimes those individuals that will show up just for that particular moment in time, and then they're out of your life. But for that moment, they showed up. They got you yeah. through. They got you through a, a, a tough period. And yeah. I call them transient angels. You know, <laughs> um, that they're just there for a moment in time. But the moment they were there was was precious and valuable because it got you through a tough moment. I agree. The Trevor Project published a survey in May of 2022 indicating that nearly half of LGBTQ youth seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year. Do you agree with those findings? And if so, what do you think are the contributing factors? And I just, as an aside, I just heard another report that suicide attempts and uh, completion are, are up to the, the highest level since World War II in general. Yeah. Um, 
but particularly for the LGBTQ population. Do you agree with those findings, or what do you think are the contributing factors? I definitely feel like the lack of family support, the feeling of rejection, religious trauma. As a man of faith, I have to be really open and honest in this conversation. I, I feel like there's a... We are spiritually uh, empty. Because we've allowed religion to beat us up so much that we don't really fully understand God, the divine spirit, and how it operates. Before we are anything else, we are divine. We are spirits in this human experience outside of how you identify. So it doesn't matter how you identify. It's all about who you're being in the world. It's like... You're going to keep attracting flying if you keep showing up like shit. And so for me, like I really had, like I said, I don't think I shared this part, but I connected with a life coach. And that's what really ultimately got me to this next level of like who I am outside of how I identify because I held on, I held on to that label so long. Like that's all I, that's all I thought I was, you know? When the truth is, it was all about who I was being, who I was showing up as. I was showing up as this traumatic person, which I know why. I know why now. But I was able to undo all of that. I was able to create new beliefs. I was able to create new values. I was able to create a self, a new self-image of who I actually wanted to be as Sam the man now. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it's a, it's a spiritual component that's missing. And I don't think, regardless of who, whether you're religious or not, I don't think that changes. Like you, you're either going to connect with it or you're not, but it's there. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And uh, as somebody who was raised Catholic and went to Catholic schools, and at the age of 16, I just, when I had the opportunity, I just rejected any type of dogmatic re religious practice that I could. Um yeah. And I came, became, and I'm going to quote a term from one of my favorite writers, Ken Nurburn. I became kind of a guerrilla spiritualist. I took a little bit of Buddhism. I took a little bit of Native American teachings from animals and nature. I took a little bit of nature in general and developed my own conception of spirituality in terms of what was it that I needed spiritually that was going to allow me to connect with myself and something greater than myself and create yeah. greater awareness about my role in the world. Religion can do that you can transcend you can transcend and connect to something greater than yourself to religion but the bottom line sam is that we're a society i think that's becoming more spiritual and less religious and you know it's whatever is going to create awareness and particularly for our generation now yeah dogma dogma doesn't cut it because we have so many different varieties of, of tools to choose from you look at yoga you look at Tai Chi, you look at Reiki, you look at all of these practices that can enhance our connection to the divine. Right. It works better than strict religious dogma. Yes. And that's you well said. And I and I, I find it hard to articulate because I'm I'm still learning, but I, I know the experience that I'm having. As a man of trans experience, it's deeper, it's deeper mm -hmm. than that. Um, 
but where the suicide, the suicide rate is up because the mental health component is not being addressed first and foremost. Um, we've been told these stories that, you know, something's wrong with us. We're broken. We're unworthy. Um, what you're doing is a sin. So of course that's how you're going to show up. And whenever you tell your mind, your mind doesn't know shit, whatever you tell it, it's whatever you're telling it. So if you're telling it, I'm sinful, I'm going to hell, I'm unworthy, then yeah, you're going to really go into this dark hole. And I get it because I was there. I used to beat myself up so much about because of who I was. And I used to fight with it all the time. Like, God, please take it away. Please take it away. And it just never went away. And then I realized it's not even, it's not a problem. God loves me regardless. Yeah, I, I have never had this conception of a God who once we met, we transitioned to a new experience was going to just, going to just us reject down. us, strike us down because of the person we decided to be, the person right. we decided to love, the sex we right. desire to, to, to be other than our, our birth sex. I don't see God being that type of a judgmental presence. I see God as being all loving, all forgiving, and all inclusive. Yeah. That part, he's definitely all inclusive and he's ready for you to show up. He's ready for you to show up as who you are meant to be, whether that's female to male, male to female, in between. Just be you. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that, the Trevor Project, because I was. I was at that point in my life too. Like before I connected with my life coach, I was still, I was still going through bouts of depression. I was still feeling like, why am I even here? Um, I couldn't really freely talk to my family about it. I was still seeking validation from them. But that's why I said a lot of, a lot of it is doing the inner work. Like transition alone didn't bring about my happiness. Healing from past traumas did. Acknowledging the parts that I play in my life, forgiving people, forgiving myself, letting go of the shame, letting go of guilt. Like that's what ultimately helped me be confident in my transition. It wasn't my transition alone. It was all of that that played a part. Yeah. And basically, like I said, healing, addressing, and coming to grips with the trauma that, yeah. you know, that, that uh, contributed to, to, your, to your life at that point is key. And that's key for anything is coming to, yeah. you know, before we can embrace our authentic self, however we define that to be. So, but thank you for that. Thank you for one, your openness, your honesty, and your transparency. I, I appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. So I saw you, the BU do you coaching shirt. What, what is the mission of BU do you coaching? What inspired you to start this and who do you serve? What type of individuals come to you for services? Well, honestly, I'm still trying to get clear on that, but my message is to the masses because I feel like we're all striving to be just that, be you, do you, uh, breaking free from the opinions of other people. Um, I found a lot of times that that's what holds us back you know, from being who we're going to be, holding us back from our success and our greatness, um, our purpose. It's Fear what other people are going to say. Are people going to laugh at me? Are people going to support me? Are people going to think what I'm doing is stupid? So be you, do you is just about being your authentic self. Um, I'm also 
my mission is also to help put an end to suicide in the queer community. So uh, that is the population of people I also do coach, but I'm open to anyone who is ready to break free of opinions of other people, who's ready to create the life that they desire on their own terms and, and embrace and, and empower their true authenticity. That's what BU Do You is about. And how long has BU Do You been in existence? When did you establish this? I created BU Do You in 2022, a year ago. A year ago. Wow. So I think, though, the population or the people that you have in mind is, is, a, is a wide reach. And trauma transcends racial lines. It transcends cultural divides. It transcends individuals Everything. who wish to gender trans. So we, yeah. we can. It's for there, people there's a who want. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, no, it's a, I got it. universal. There's a, that's all right. It's okay. I'm glad you get excited. I like people who get excited on the podcast, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, there, there's a universal definition in terms of how trauma affects us all. And yes. If, yeah. And as, the motto as long is as universal. The motto, the is, motto is, is universal. It's those who are looking to transition into a new career, uh, whether you want to start your own business, um, be you do you it was in, it was inspired by my own journey of just doing just that being myself being my true self my higher self um when i when i look back like i said it's it's like the stars aligned because i looked back at a vision board and there was a sticker that i found in a magazine that said be you be you and then i have a coffee mug that says be you always and so i just ran with it i ran with the be you do you. That's how my podcast came about. Um, because my coach asked me, like, what do you want to create in your life? What is it that you want? And so from that experience working with my coach, that's where all of all of these ideas transpired. I and I think it's great. I think it's interesting. You know, you, you saw these stickers, you saw, you, you saw a couple of other things and that's how you developed it. It was all intuition, all intuitive. And yes. trusting your gut is, is, is always a good thing because that can lead to great things. And I'll tell you something, um, just from the contact I've had with you, if I was going through, through trauma informed stuff, I'd call you in a heartbeat. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And I, and I you. thank you for this this opportunity. Like I said, this was the first time being able to be open about my story. I know we probably didn't talk about all of it, but I'm grateful for the opportunity. Well, you know, this podcast isn't going anywhere as long as I have something to say about it. So if you're open to it, we can always have you come back for a part two and share, you know, do another aspect of your Definitely. story and some, you know, uh, yeah, we could talk about something even like intergenerational trauma, which sounds like is, is something that oh. um and that affected you, it affected uh, affected your life, and it affects a lot of individuals. And intergenerational trauma can manifest in a variety of different ways anyway. So Well yeah, yeah. it's it's generational, it's and it's ancestral. It's deep. It's very deep. Yep. It is. Deep. Yeah. So we're coming to the home stretch. Can you give our listeners one or two takeaways from your life path that can help them navigate their own life challenges? Number one, and this is, this is something that I'm constantly working on, 
is be patient with yourself. Um, don't beat yourself up over mistakes that you've made. You're human. Um, mistakes are meant for us to learn and grow from. Um, be open. I feel like when you're resistant to change, you miss out on so many different opportunities, so many beautiful connections with people. Oh, get out of your comfort zone. And it's okay if you're, if you're afraid. Uh, fear is, it, it means you're doing something right. Yep. And I think, I think fear can be a good thing. It could be a motivator. Um, yeah. As long as it, it isn't debilitating and prevents you from engaging in life, I think fear or a little bit of anxiety can, can be motivators to help us achieve our goals. So thank you for that, Sam. Yeah. And finally, people want to get in touch with you. They want to inquire more about your services. What is the best way for them to do that? I uh, created my website this year, finally. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Uh, you can get in touch with me at uh, buducoaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm not really active on the socials. Um, I'm trying to come up with the creativity and content, uh, but you can follow me still on uh, Instagram at buduu underscore number one, on Facebook at Sam V as in Victor Castle, and then I also have a TikTok as well, which is buduu underscore number one. It's sounds sounds like there's numerous ways to get in touch with you, and you'll you'll get more active on social media. Um, my son has dubbed me the world's oldest millennial because I'm on social, I'm on social media a lot. So you're going to have to do some catching up with me, Sam. You I'm know old what I mean? school. You know, I, I'm really old school. Like I really prefer with all this COVID stuff that's happened. I like to meet people in person. Like you can even send me a direct message. I, I enjoy a phone call or a video like this. Um, I really can't do the back and forth texting because things get lost in translation. So I really just, whoever is seeking support, I, I would love to see your face. So you can send me a message, however, whatever's convenient for you. Yeah. And I, I think, I think old school is good. I, I like technology. I like the, the, yeah. the, the convenience of a text, but I also like the in-person, the phone call, um, right. that deep connection with individuals, particularly with COVID, we lost that. You know, for about yeah. three years, we lost that deep personal connection with individuals. Everything became the internet, and there was an impersonal quality to to Zoom after a while. Yeah, you know, it was difficult to stay engaged. So, um, definitely, like you didn't any, even have to. You could show up in an interview with a button up, but nobody knows you're wearing pants. Like that's that, that unless you stand up, which you know you, you would like, right. what you wouldn't want to do anyway. So, you know, and, and give that secret away, but. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man, Sam, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for the, the trust in me to, to share your story for the first time. I appreciate that. I value that. And I'm humbled by the fact that you, that you chose this podcast to do that. And I hope you come back for, for uh, part two. I'd love to have you back. Um, and, and I'd love to give you some updates. And uh, make sure you send me your info so I can send out a, a Be You Do You shirt. You got it. I'll be, I'll send you my, my size, everything. Um, yeah, I will definitely do that for you. So, um, uh, Sam, again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again for, for being on the podcast. And with that, 
Everybody, that is a wrap on another episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. This is Dave Roberts wishing you peace. Thank you for listening to this episode, and please remember to share this podcast with your family, friends, and colleagues, and don't forget to leave a rating, review, or both.